You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hail Cheaters. Welcome to the Always Cheating Podcast. It's good to be back. My name is Josh. I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? It's party time, Josh. Game Week 9 has historically been my favorite game week of every oh. fantasy season. So uh, don't ask me why, because uh, I couldn't <laughs> tell you, but it, what it is, international blues being what they are, uh, just very excited to look ahead to more Premier League in this episode. Yeah, I, I'm excited too. This feels like a real reset. I was saying that, you know, we, it's just been a weird... I, well, listen, everybody knows it's been weird. We, if Leeds haven't played in a month, it's been kind of a kind of a strange stretch. And it was, felt very good to sit down ahead of this week's pod, put together the running order. And it was just a very kind of classic <laughs> running order. It's, yeah. You know, what do you do if you're on a wild card? What kind of transfers do you want to look at this week? What what do the fixtures look like? What you know, what, are, what are some, mm-hmm. you know, what are your captive fix for the next several game weeks? Like just it feels like we're really back where we were. And I, I you know, we were off to a great start this season and you know, I'm really excited to have, you know, kind of a full reset. We you and I were just looking before the podcast started. There are six fixture mat, fi- fixture weeks in the month of October. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for anyone who's felt like they maybe missed out a little bit on on fantasy the last few weeks, We'll be back in a big way, kicking off this Saturday. I'm very excited about it. And Patrick Moffat asks, uh, guys, can you explain the time-stretching black hole-like gravitational effects exhibited by international breaks? <laughs> now, I, I think you and I are kind of like, you know, the the longer in the tooth we get as fantasy managers, we, uh, international breaks sort of like oh, do present a moment to unplug and like that's for me, it's a healthy way to be an FPL manager. It's like as much as I always yeah. want to be playing FPL, like to step away for a few days is okay. Yeah. The question I have for you though, Josh, is if you were in outer space and in your little spaceship, you encountered a black hole, mm-hmm. would you be tempted to go in to the black hole? I feel like this is a always a plot device in various sci-fi movies. I'm thinking of interstellar. Doesn't, doesn't uh, McConaughey go into a black hole at the end of that movie? Yeah, I think so. Or the, the Corona at least, Uh, you know, it's a, I would do almost anything Brandon to avoid going into a black hole, to be quite honest with you. Um, I would just like jump out of my spaceship. Like that's, you know, uh, (laughs) you'd rather freeze to death in the expanse of the universe than, uh, yeah, uh, (laughs) exactly. That seems way better, honestly, given uh, how it stretches, uh, uh, it, it yeah, it, like you, you could, it could be like, it'd be like a, a you know, what's the event horizon? Is that the movie, Brandon? With, uh, <laughs> yeah, Neil? It's you, a, know, you don't it's know what's hell, gonna happen. Hell portal, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, anything else that that we can say about the international well, break? I mean, it, the weekends before, like the weekends before the international break concludes, it feels like there's still a lot of international matches yet to go. Yeah, I think that the it's. It's not the weekend itself of an international break that gets to me. I think it's still ultimately it's a Saturday and a Sunday. And if you have a, 
Monday through Friday kind of job. It's still the weekend. It's still fun. There's lots of stuff to do. What I don't like is the week leading up to that first week. You know, it's the mm-hmm. the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of that first international break week where you're just, you have no kind of nothing to look forward to. This is like people almost always start picking fights in the fantasy sphere. (laughs) I feel like this is when like, you know, people, the like stats versus head versus heart kind of stuff starts to really, you know, pop up again. You get into like a lot of, there's been a lot of kit talk, uh, you know? And so like that, and that stuff can be fun, but at at a certain point I'm like, okay, I just want to like actually talk about what I'm going to do to, you know, to climb into the top, you know, 100K this season or whatever. So um, I thought the first thing we could do to just to kick things off, because um, now we're now we're in it, right? If you listen to this podcast, it's going to be late Sunday or, or Monday, and it's just like a normal week now. We're, you know, we're mm-hmm. right back into it. So um, I thought I could catch people up a little bit on some of the stuff that was happening. Uh, if you just completely checked out on on um, on football and global football over the last week. Uh, here's a couple of things, Brent. I'll, I'll do this uh, very quickly. Lightning run style. OK, go on. Uh, Newcastle has some woes. Uh, Isak has uh, withdrew from the Sweden squad um, with a to be determined injury. I think we don't we don't really know. Feels like there's a little more worry about him than some of the other players who've been withdrawn from international breaks. But you know, I think it's it's a TBD situation there. But something to be wary of, especially if you're a wild carder who who brought him in, which I know was was true for a lot of people. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Bruno G uh, was also withdrawn from Brazil with a, a suspected thigh injury. So um, yeah, Newcastle could be a little bit lighter um, this weekend. And uh, there was one bright spot though, which is that Callum Wilson is now expected to be ready to play this weekend. So uh, it's possible that you could actually make a lateral um, Isak to Callum Wilson move. That's not um, an insane move, you know, depending on how there's some sort of a cosmic deal that Callum Wilson has now made where uh, in order for him to be fit, somebody else has to become injured. Yeah. It's like a Dorian Gray situation. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, They're uh, moving on, though. Brandon, we've got uh, Man United players uh, doing well over the national break. Uh, Dallow, Brandon, your boy had a brace. So hot Uh, right now, this guy. Yeah. I know. I, I really wish I would have brought him in my wild card. I'm kind of. I'm. I'm a little sad about that now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruno, um, the other Bruno, had a goal and an assist. Uh, Jota actually scored in that match for Portugal as well. Um, and uh, Rashford and Sancho both had the international break off, and it looks like now Rashford may be okay uh, for game week nine. That's another TBD situation. But um, if we see him training this week, then um, I think if you're on a wild card, he's, he's a player you could. You could really yeah. consider, um, you know, it's kind of unfortunate because the, the Manchester Derby is this weekend. And so it's maybe not ideal, but, you know, you could you could yeah, you could still start him or you could just you know toss him on your bench. It's not like he's in a lot uh, both player, teams to know. score in that one, Josh, in the Manchester yeah, Derby. So I don't mind having likely. Rashford in that situation. Yeah, yeah it does seem likely. Uh, Mitro uh, scored a hat trick. I uh, had a minor injury worry. It looks like he, he limped off late, but now it seems like he's yeah. going to be OK. Um, Post-match, Mitro said he was hoping to be fit for the Norway match, which is later this week. So if Mitro's saying that, then certainly returning to the Premier League, he feels like is a foregone conclusion at the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's always tricky that first you know game week nine that you get a lot of players. What, What you often get are players who don't start the match, right? It's, it's mm-hmm. even if they're, you know, if they're not fully healthy or if they're, they traveled a lot, um, you know, and so that's, that's just something that, especially if you're not, you know, if you're, 
if it's your first year playing fantasy, just do do not be shocked if a really <laughs> high level player, you know, um, a solid type, a solid level player does not start this weekend. Um, solid being the exception because solid always plays, but you know, it's a, you know, if a, if a, if a Bruno, um, you know, came off the bench, that wouldn't be shocking this week. Um, speaking of Salah, he scored a brace. It would be shocking the, though with the Manchester Derby. I like there. I feel like that's the, true. The, that's true. The North London and Manchester Derbies. Uh, yeah are almost crucial for those players on those teams where these yeah. are the most important matchups for the, for the fans, even, even though they're coming right out of an international break. That's true. I guess. Yeah, uh, that's, that's true. But, you know, I guess like maybe, um, Liverpool playing Brighton at home, you know, you could see somebody come off the bench in that one. So, uh, then Spurs, uh, Lloris and Ben Davis both withdrew, uh, with some, some minor injury issues, which um, I think was a little surprising. I mean, you know, you could say, oh, the, it's a, you know, people talk about like tactical withdrawals, but I, I don't know that you're going to be seeing as many of those with these, with, with World Cup players. I think that players who are actually going to the World Cup are not at the moment prioritizing club football over, over the international break. So if, if they had to right. withdraw, withdraw, that probably means there was at least some, some real injury, um, you know, happening there. Yeah. Uh, same with, uh, Edward Mendy, um, still recovering from a knee injury and he is a doubt this weekend as well. I feel like I'm, you know, I should, I should have packed more of the good news in at the start, but it's all bummer <laughs> injuries, but it's good to know, yeah. I think. Um, and yeah. you know, the final one is, uh, Lucas Dean, who is just, you know, the, the problem child of fantasy. Uh, he now has what is suspected to be a stress fracture. So oh, I suspected, uh, I suspect that he will be out for, um, for a stretch of time and, uh, tropical FPL just to wrap things up says, how do you know which international break injuries are real? Um, I sort of got into it just a second ago talking about how it's in general, I, I, I'm very, I cast a lot of doubts on international mm-hmm. break injuries, but I, I take them a little more seriously this time just because the players who withdrew are, are primarily world cup players. I, I guess Isak, um, Sweden isn't going to the world cup, but otherwise, um, or wait, they are, I'm thinking of Norway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's kind of a, uh, it's tricky. What do you think? What are your thoughts? I err on the side of, yeah, it's probably not a big deal. I think there are players like Pulisic did not play against Japan for the U.S. But, um, I mean, he probably should have if he was fit because uh, the U.S. like lacks a great deal of chemistry going yep. forward right now. And you do need that rhythm going into the World Cup. So if you can play, you should. But it's not like Pulisic is going to have to make a case for himself to be in the starting 11 for the yeah. U.S. men. So I think there are some players along those lines who might just skip if they have some sort of niggling injury worry. But yeah, generally a, a international break, if there's an injury, I'm incredibly skeptical of it keeping them out of the Premier League. Yeah, not great to see no Pulisic um, for, the, for the U.S. men's team. And uh, yeah, not great the way they played. Either in front of them. Mm-hmm. We try to yeah. keep we try to keep U.S. men's talk out of here because I I struggle to be positive. What I I don't know why it brings out some kind of like talking about the U.S. men's team. I, I'm, yeah. It just brings out some like I I just want them to be better, you know. And it, it sort of makes yeah. me you know. But you're you're a little well, more positive than I am about the U.S. Men's the U.S. Team. is more relevant with FPL talk these days with Brendan Aronson being a pick, True. Tyler Adams, uh, you know, being the engine behind Brendan Aronson and Leeds. Matt Turner had the best U.S. performance uh, in that yeah. Japan match, and he's now back up for Arsenal. He's trying Even to Pulisic, rest. He's, Pulisic's only four <laughs> or five injuries away from being a vital fantasy player as well. <laughs> yeah, 
Right. But um, yeah, it's it's going to be an interesting group. U.S., England, Wales, and Iran. We actually got an interesting email from a friend of ours in Iran. And this is, I think this is bus team news, Josh, okay. where um, Moeen, who uh, has an actual FPL podcast in Farsi. So if you speak Farsi, uh, there is actual content creation coming out of Iran. And politically, uh, it is kicking off there. Uh, I don't know that Josh and I have anything to add to that conversation, but Moeen said, uh, you know, with everything kicking off, internet could be uh, could be sketchy for Iranians and for Iranian FPL managers. So uh, remember to set those bus teams, my God. And everyone out there, stay safe and stay positive and we'll, we'll hope for the best. Uh, so international news uh, all over this podcast today, Josh. And a bus team, trademark, always cheating, is uh, a team that you set, Brandon, just in case you get hit by a bus and end up in a yeah. <laughs> short-term coma. And you, uh, <laughs> or, you, you're not ready. Or for a regime, a apparently. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It's a, yeah, it takes on a slightly more macabre. Uh, it, it, I guess it's always pretty gallows humory, Brandon. Yes, you know, it's very a, much. We so. didn't we didn't know that we were coining a um, a, a a permanent term. It was more of a uh, um, bad joke that you and I used to have on this podcast. But uh, yeah. you know what? It, it took off because it resonates, Brandon. We're all worried about getting <laughs> hit by buses. So and yeah, uh, there you yeah. go. The one thing you did note there, which is uh, interesting to me, and I think we should talk more about, is Mo Salah because you know we're addicted to FPL, but we're also addicted to talking about Salah. Uh, we think mm-hmm. we think about him all the time, and that brace that he scored against Niger. They play Liberia, I think, on on Tuesday. And I'm one of those people who held on to Mo through game week eight. And I'm I'm thinking yeah. very positive thoughts about this man going against Brighton in game week nine. Yeah. So you and I are, are an interesting spot this this season. I mean, I you know, I think my overall rank is two hundred and two K and aren't you like one ninety? One ninety six. One ninety six. we must be separated by like a single point uh between yes, us. And that's right. <laughs> I, I have a I have a wild card team. My wild card in game week eight, you have a team that you, you still have your wild card available to you. Uh, I did leave 1.9 million in the bank so that I could move to Sala fairly quickly. I could do it as soon as this game week, although I don't, to be honest, plan to. Um, I think I'll wait at least one more week to do that. But what are you now thinking about your wild card? I mean, when do you think you might play it? Have you given that any more thought? I mean, you sort of, you, you held off, yeah. but is, is it, you know, are you still kind of saving it for um, a rainy game week? I yeah at this point the real problem that I feel like I need to solve is in the in the midterm is game week 12 and Arsenal and City blanking and my team is set up with I'll have six players then six of my best assets who won't play in game week 12 so I'm still trying to figure out how to best use my wild card to uh, work around yeah. that um, and I suspect I might just drop Arsenal players going into game week 12 and then wild card in game week 13 because you look at arsenal after that blank in 12 they have southampton forest chelsea wolves west ham brighton uh for a team that's in form i think that's a decent enough run Uh, the the other the other problem it's not really a problem but the other tweak that i want to make uh, for my team and this would be a reason for me to just play it now is to get Spurs players and Harry Kane in particular. And it's, it's like one of those, I feel like I have to get Kane sooner rather than later because all my 
predictions, which were pretty easy to make with a guy like Kane at the start of the season, that he'd have a really great start to the season are coming true. And I yeah. want to be a part of that. Um, if you look at Spurs after the North London Derby, they've got Brighton, Everton, United, Newcastle, Bournemouth. It's kind of a, I don't know, how do you feel about that fixture run or Spurs yeah. in, in general uh, through so the World it, Cup? I think it's fine. I think, it, especially from a from an attacking perspective, I, I think it's I think it's fine. I mean, I think the North London Derby could be tricky, uh, especially because because they're away. But yeah, I mean, Harry Kane is like a he's like a Derby specialist practically, right? Mm-hmm. He was just notorious for for scoring goals in in, in London Derby. So I think that I, I feel fine about about that one. Um, you know, and and I mean, I, I guess the other one would be would be Perisic, who um, you know, I'm not sure how how long he stays in my team for, honestly, um, yeah. just because I I feel like I I don't like if I'm going to have a defender who is uh, going to be a rotation risk literally every game week, um, I want them to cost less than five million, you know, and mm-hmm. it's it's just a, it's a little too much, and so he may move as soon as this game week. I may move him for yeah. for someone like Reese James. Um, Salah you know, is really the key to my wild card thoughts and it's, it's like unsolvable, right? Like this seems like a good time to get off of Liverpool players because they'll have Arsenal and Man City in game weeks, 10 and 11, pretty difficult. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and, but then they, they do play like they're one of the top four teams that will play in game week 12 and they yep. host West Ham at home and it'd be great to forest, still have Liverpool players there. I, I am yeah. certainly going to, yeah, I am certainly going to have Salah for game week 12. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, I think you're in an interesting spot. I mean, I guess, you know, you, it's almost like you should just, I mean, you could, you could plan ahead and, and try to identify a week, you know, game week 13 or something like that, where, where it makes sense to do it. But, um, you know, and I guess I'll just pull up a question here. Cause I, I do want to talk about wild cards a little bit later, but I, I don't want to do that thing where we start having a conversation and then I just like, put a stop to it because sure. because it's in the running order for later but fbl brooklyn said if your team looks good for game week nine is it worth it to hold the wild card and i think you know the the it is worth it and i think that in general you, maybe you just never wild card right maybe you maybe you know you, you end up wild card in game week 16 and treat it like a yeah. free hit right free hit. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah because if every single time, and this isn't going to happen because you're going to get a couple of injuries or there's going to be some, you know, bad game maker, as you said, you know, game week 12 um, sets up very tricky. If you've got a lot of Man City and Arsenal players, like there will come a time when you look at your team and be like, okay, now I need to do it. But I feel like every week that you look at your, you know, your bus team for the following mm-hmm. week and it looks good, don't wild card. There's just, you know, to me, it's just, I, you know, picking up a little bit of team value to me is just not worth it's not worth it, you know? And the only, the only time I would look at my team and think I might still and, and like it and think I might still wildcard is if I thought there was going to be heavy, heavy rotation for that yeah. week. And this is actually why I don't like to work to wildcard into an international break, because I think that first fixture out of it, I mean, people often talk about how, you know, the first game week after a wildcard can often be tricky for your team. But part of that is because we often wildcards we often wildcard international breaks, and that first week is just when you see a lot of rotation or you see a lot of teams that are rusty. I think it's especially true in game week nine because you have a couple of clubs. I, I, I keep talking about Leeds, but it's just because they don't have any European matches, whereas some of these other – it doesn't feel like Man United or Arsenal haven't played in, in so yeah. long, right, because they had a couple of European commitments. Yeah. But, you know, Leeds have, will have played for a month, you know. And I think Palace is in the yeah. sa- that same situation. Palace, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Palace, yeah, exactly. So it's it's really hard to evaluate some of these teams, and so it's hard to you know like so Palace play um, Chelsea. Uh, they host Chelsea in game week nine. Pal- Palace were off to a great start, but just form from, you know, like the first day of September carry over to the first month of October when you haven't yeah. played in a month. Like, uh, you know, it's it's a long time, you know, between matches. Yeah. And so to me, that 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 adds a little bit of of uh, anxiety to any any, you know, team that I'd put together on a wild card. Honestly, I feel the same way about transfers. You know, there's a. I'm kind of inclined to hold my transfer this week because I just don't uh, – I feel like I don't have enough information necessarily mm-hmm. to make a great decision unless I'm replacing an injured player. Um, so, Same. yeah, but to, but to bring it back to Salah, I mean, I think you just have to hold him. I mean, you wouldn't – at this point, are you kind of like me? I'm in perma-captain uh, Holland mode. I mean, would you know? Would you consider captain yeah. Salah for this Brighton match? There's a temptation – uh, to Captain Sala to be different, but it does just fly in the face of everything we know now. Like, yeah, yeah. Sala's having a decent international break so far, but th- that's just different. Like his his role with Egypt, uh, the uh, it's just, like it's a different situation than Liverpool yeah. entirely. Um, so I I just think you're over thinking it to try and be different and I, it's going to be a blast I think to watch Holland go against Manchester United in his first Manchester yeah. derby he's going to be entirely motivated he's going to want to he's just going to want to do the business and I want a part of that I want to be a part of it yeah. Joshua that's going to be a super fun match that is going to be uh yeah it's, it's like going to be a fun three match. three 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 yeah. or something like that yeah it, it's, it's going to be a fun match he is probably the premier captain pick this week and think about how completely unfun it would be to go to that Manchester Derby, spending the entire game, like terrified every time that Holland, you know, is. And again, I'm not I'm not a big fan of fear based managing, but yeah. I think in this case, when the match is this when the match is this sort of enticing, just let yourself enjoy it, you know, <laughs> just like <laughs> like yeah. just prioritize fun a little bit because he's also probably the best captain pick, and yeah. you know, unless you're like a, a, a hyper contrarian, and also I'm not. Like there's this idea, I guess, that, that Graham Potter has left Brighton and Brighton are going to like, like forget how to defend or something like that. And I just, right. I'm not, I'm not, you know, totally convinced about that. I mean, I think that, you know, that, that same squad is is still there and, um, and it's a tight, it's a tight group, right? I mean, the, the defense has played together, you know, it, yeah. it's fairly cohesive at this point. And I don't see that being a match that Liverpool are going to score like a Bournemouth number on, right? I mean, that could be like a two nil, three nil match. Yeah. Two yeah. one three one maybe. I mean, like I don't know why I'm giving Liverpool a clean sheet. I'm not really seeing that in the, in the cards right now. Yeah, or the win for that matter. Uh, yeah, the way be they've been one. going recently. You know, I'm having this thought about wild card where I think traditionally to play your wild card, the first reason you do it, especially early in the season, is because you just got your team selection woefully wrong uh, at right. the start of the season. This the other reason you'd play it is you need to just overhaul your team structure. Like, oh, yeah. I need three strikers up front or more yeah. than one. More uh, and that's often or, yeah. the, yeah, yeah, or just, yeah, a raft of injuries. Looking at the uh, the fixture outlay, so after game week 16, you go into the World Cup phase and then everyone has uh, essentially unlimited transfers. So you, you need to, if you're going to play the wild card, your first wild card, before or by game week 16 and suddenly i'm like do i have to treat the wild card almost as a free hit insofar as it's not traditionally this grand restructural 
sort of chip that you play, but more just a, uh, a strategic advantage that you can have over the course of one or two weeks just to edge 10, 15, 20 points over your competitors. So I think that's where I'm still kind of focused on what I can do with game week 12. Cause I think a lot of managers are just going to scramble or try to just eke through that blank with city and arsenal. Uh, and there, that seems like an opportunity to gain, you know, marginal 10 or 15 points on everybody on the field. Yeah. And I guess that's like a perfectly good place. And I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who are in the same spot as you. And I feel like if, if it's perfectly fine to just have in, in your back pocket, a potential route, for, mm-hmm. for using it. Right. You know, and then, you know, it doesn't mean you have to do it that way. You have to lock yourself into it by any means, mm-hmm. you know, but, um, yeah. All right. Well, that's, I, I think, um, that was an unexpectedly thorough discussion, Brandon, of, uh, well, you know, it wasn't even in the running order. That's, that's, uh, that's bonus content for everyone. Making it podcast, up as we right? go here. All right, Brandon, yeah. briefly, I'm going to briefly talk about Patreon here because we have a new promotion that we're doing a pre world cup promotion, a way to get people excited about, the World Cup, a way to get people excited about fantasy again, right, after after yeah. a kind of a chaotic September. So in the month of October, the high score in the month of October is going to get a World Soccer Shop gift certificate. Uh, actually, we'll just pay for it. Whatever you want to do. We will, let's figure this out. But you go to World <laughs> Soccer Shop. You pick out the kit of your choice, right? So if you're a yeah. – by the way, Brendan, I found out as we were talking, I had to, to double-check this. Sweden is not in the 2022 World Cup. So it's a, uh, it's Our a condolences, tough, uh, Swedes tough, out there. Yeah, tough World Cup for, for Northern Europe. But uh, you can pick out the kit of your choice. You could still get a Holland kit if you want, Brendan. Uh, pick out a kit of your choice um, if you're the high scorer this month, and we will pay for it. So there's six game weeks in the month of October. We're only going to count the points that you score in that month. So you can become a new Patreon supporter as long as you join, let's say, by the middle of the month, right? We don't want anyone jumping in too late. But join by October 15th uh, and uh, join our mini league. And uh, the, the high score for the month of October will get a kit. Any amount of money. I really don't care. I mean, you know, as long as it's under what, like, I think, you know, you know. be reasonable, <laughs> everybody. <laughs> yeah. Any amount of money. I really don't care. On second thought, I do care. And it better be under what? Back it up. Let's, beep, let's say beep, under like, uh, what does a kid cost? Like under, under $200, let's say, you know? How's yeah, sure. I'm so sure. Cheap, right. we'll, you know? we'll, we'll, we'll work it out with the winner. And this is, I think this is like a supersized version of what we typically do with our Patreon supporters. Each month we have our, Dean's list manager of the month. September, you were saying like Eric Tenhog up for manager of the month, managed (laughs) one match (laughs) in the month of September. (laughs) Uh, But he he did pound uh, Arsenal to the ground. So good for you, Eric Tenhog. But our Dean's list manager of the month on our Patreon for September was Mark Bowen. Congrats, Mark. We'll be in touch with the details there. and prizes abound. So if you want to hear more about our Patreon, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. It's a good, it's a good way to say thanks to me and Josh for what we do each week and get more FPL content in return, much like our, uh, second podcast each week that we'll be doing Thursday night, getting into more detail about what our plans specifically are for this game week nine deadline. And speaking of game week nine, Josh, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and jump into the fixtures, the transfers, and all the narratives coming up for this weekend. UEFA Champions League football is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Nine months of heart-stopping, hold-your-breath exhilaration is underway with the biggest stars, top teams, and wildest fan bases across Europe. 
Watch every match from the group stage through the knockout rounds as Benzema and Real Madrid defend their title against Liverpool, Man City, Chelsea, PSG, Barcelona, and more in football's biggest club competition. So don't miss a single sweat-soaked second of regulation time, stoppage time, and extra time and stream every match of the UEFA Champions League live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we're back. This week's pod, we're looking ahead. We're answering some post-international break questions. Kind of interesting, Brent. It's, you know, it's the first international break of the season, the only one that we have before the World Cup. So, um, you know, it's, it's a little kind of, it feels fresh to, to think about this stuff. And mm-hmm. there's some questions about wild cards in here, questions about um, the strategy of the next few weeks, uh, some of which we got into in the intro. But I want to, I, I do want to talk a little bit about what I would do if I were on a wild card right now. And Stephen Curtis asked, uh, you know, wild card in game week nine strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you, you talked earlier about Liverpool and and what to do there. I mean, you, did you hold on to Trent or did you drop him? I can't remember now. I dropped Trent. I still have Luis Diaz and Mo. Right. And right. I think okay. so the, the temptation for me going into game week eight was Newcastle and Trippier and, I think what we've seen so far is Trippier is going to match Trent point for point uh, at a cheaper price point. I mean, Liverpool are going to have to get a lot better, which they can easily do. They can frankly do it overnight if something is tweaked or people's attitudes get straight or whatever, something is fixed. And then suddenly it's a different story and I want Trent back immediately, such as it is. Um, Trent seems like the uh, most obvious one to drop because, you know, we can talk about midfield options, like getting rid of Luis Diaz. I was like, where does this get me? Who am I bringing in for him who yeah. I like yeah. better? So there's something I, – I don't know if you're going to talk about this with your Liverpool thoughts, but the appealing thing and the like, the highest potential right now with Liverpool seems to be uh, if they can get their attack straightened out. Yeah, I mean I feel like the Trent situation is going to resolve itself positively Ultimately, right? Like it would not surprise me at all if Trent ended up being the high scoring defender for um, for the season. Right. Mm-hmm. But to me, I, I think I think it's totally reasonable on a wild card or in, in, in the case of your transfer. I, I dropped him as well on a wild card um, to just punt on that defense right now. It just it doesn't seem settled. I, You know, 
there's just something not working back there, you know, and it was like Van Dyke came out in the international break and admitted that he hasn't been the best. And, you know, it's like, it's, it's all good to say this kind of stuff, but to me, admitting that stuff doesn't often translate into <laughs> result, you know, in, in, sure. in any kind of real change. Anyway, you know, it's like, it was funny because when he did that, I was like, I immediately thought of the, uh, I think you should leave. Like he admit it. Like, uh, mean, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but Love I mean, Van Dyke is, yeah, Van Dyke is great, but he, you know, he just, it hasn't been, um, he hasn't been the best start, but it, it, that's true. Of the entire defense. I mean, Trent defensively, I feel like has been really, um, the biggest, one of the Shocking. biggest culprits. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so yeah, I think the question that I, I would say the biggest question that I would have on a wild card is it, it comes back to Spurs and it's, whether I, because I, I would definitely have three forwards on a wild card, and I think that you could you could do different combinations. You could do four three three or three four three. Um, I don't know that I'd go five two three, but I guess that is at least in theory an option you could consider as well. <laughs> it's too um, weird. Yeah, I think the question I would have, and and the uh, the sun hat trick, I think makes things very interesting because I think yeah. suddenly you didn't mention his beautiful free kick for South Korea in the yeah. international break rundown, which was I just saw that, sublime. Yeah. I saw that clip. It was, it was yeah. un- unblockable. It was really a, a postage yeah. stamp. Ren, is that what they call that? Yeah. yeah top like bins. That. Yeah. And uh, that's why I always go top bins personally. And so it was, it was nice to see him kind of emulate me. <laughs> you saw that, that sun free kick and you're like, uh, stole my move. Okay. Stole my move. <laughs> so I feel like, um, the question I would have is, do I want, I, I think I would definitely have Metro, uh, obviously Holland you would have as well, but there are a lot of third forward picks that are, that are worth considering on a wild card outside of just Harry Kane, right? You've got, mm-hmm. um, you have Ivan Tony, you have Dominic Solanke who sure, like not necessarily like a player that we're all like, you know, pining for, but sub 6 million, certainly you don't have to, you don't have to start him every week. And especially with a player like Pereira, who is startable in a lot of cases, uh, and Bournemouth have this really great run of fixtures. Um, you know, I had it seems like they've they've honestly played a little better than we, we've probably given them credit for to start the season. I mean, that nine nil is just so hard to wipe from your brain, you know. But if you can if you can if you can wipe that away, they've actually racked up a, a couple of wins, and you know they're 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 okay. They're they're like you know they've had an okay start of the season. I still think they're probably like likely to go down. But you have. Um, you know, I don't know. Bamford looks like he is finally back and healthy. The, the, the point is you have a lot of options up front. And so if you were to have a player like Sun, it would it would give you the option to have three, um, you know, to have three different three different forwards. Right. Um, yeah. I, in my case, if I were wildcarding, I would probably go. Um, I, I, I guess that's probably like the boring answer, but I, I would think I would go Tony Holland Mitro um, or or I would go Mitro Holland Kate. And what I, you know, what you decide to do between those two, I think is an interesting question. And I guess the yeah. question then is, you know, cause they're, they're roughly the same price. Um, Kane is 11.4 million. Sun is 11.7. Um, and the question is, can you find somebody in that five to 7 million range as a midfielder who you trust, who you think could, could <laughs> approximate as many points as you can get from a forward. And last season you could, and this, this year yeah. I'm, it, I think it's very tricky and you know, if you think that Zaha can do it, then I probably would go with Kane. You know, if you think that I'm, I am not, I mean, I don't know about you, Jared Bowen and James Madison. I, I don't want either one. I'm, I'm just not, <laughs> I'm not feeling there it. Is, I, cause yep, I'm not feeling their yep. squats. Yep. Yep. I, I think that is true for Jared Bowen because the squad West Ham looks bad. 
and Bowen also looks poor. The thing about James Madison is he has looked incredible despite Leicester being the worst team in the division. I don't see that story changing for Leicester all that much, but like that's, that's fine for James Madison. I think he's, um, I think he's now grown into this talismanic role there beyond Jamie Vardy, interestingly enough. So I like the Madison pick, uh, but if you were in a wild card, do you think you'd have Madison? Well, let's look at like Lester's fixture. So Lester ha- are in a in- insane tailspin right now. But right out of the gate, you wildcard in game week nine, one hundred percent. I'd have James Madison because they play the leakiest defense in the league with Nottingham Forest, or um, or right up there with Lester, followed by yeah. Bournemouth. So I think though he, he, that- can't, he can't play himself, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like he's the sort of pick. Like yeah, like I don't trust this uh, Lester team at all. Uh, and Madison, you know, uh, in his career in the Premier League has been streaky, you know, and when it mm-hmm. when his form finally shuts off, you don't see it again for for like yeah. another month. But he at his price point, given the like team structure you're talking about, he's at, he's I think he's easily worth a punt. And if it comes off, then uh, you've got a great team around James Madison, a great FPL squad around James Madison plus Madison. Yeah. So I that's that's my case for him. Yeah, I mean, it's it, you're, you're right that I mean it's it's hard to get better than than Forest and Bournemouth back to back. Throw in throw in Palace, Palace and Leeds home the next two weeks as well. I just don't trust that team at all. I don't I don't really trust Madison either. I mean, you said he's streaky, and it, it's it's fun when you can get there at the right time, but then you also get these runs where he just, mm-hmm. you know, it's, he's so anonymous, and um, so I don't know. I I I you know I feel like. Um, Anyway, I feel like that that that's the big question that I would focus on if I were on a wild card is is do I do I prioritize Sun or or Kane? And I think for me, um, I suppose I would still lean towards Kane just because Kane just plays ninety minutes, kind of no matter what. Whereas we've already seen Sun come off the bench uh, in, you know, in a Premier League fixture. Uh, Kane just it just seems much more locked in. He's you know, I mean, they both have the World Cup to to, to plan for, but I feel like mm-hmm. Kane is maybe a little more. Um, uh, I don't know. Kane just seems really up for it this season in a, in a yeah. way that uh, you talked about this at the start of the pot. And I, I'm, I'm kind of with you there. Yeah. And he's scoring every type of goal and he's just scoring goals, just being open at the back post versus, you know, I'm going to do some superstar thing. Yeah. He's just playing smart. He's playing smarter, Josh, not, not harder though. Yeah. The thing I, it is a very negative, pessimistic way of looking at the sun thing of like, okay, he did score this, insane hat trick against Leicester. Leicester, we were just talking about how poor they are, about how poor Danny Ward is. Um, I mean, sure, he's replicating that hat trick form in for South Korea, but I like I don't know. How how do you approach that? Like a, a player comes out of their shell to have an incredible performance, strangely, against the worst team. Um, do we have to consider I, that? I don't know what, I don't know what to think about it. I mean, when he scored that for the first goal, right? Like, you know, he, it was like, he, you could tell it was weighing on him. Right. Cause it was like, mm-hmm. he did this thing where he like paused and held the <laughs> stance or whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it's like, I guess, um, maybe it did like take the weight off his shoulders a little bit. Sure. And, but I, there's, 
it just it was easier when when he was nine point five and Kane was eleven yeah. five. You know, now that they're like exactly the same price, I I guess I'm just more inclined to go with Kane, uh, just because you know. I just think Kane's going to score more goals and um, you know, and I know it's like four points versus five points or whatever, but like, I just, you know, if Kane's going to play more minutes, I think he's going to score more goals. I mean, you also get more bonus points for a forward goal, right? So he's more yeah. uh, slightly more likely to get bonus points, uh, especially if you can pair it with an assist or something like that. So I just think like son, what son does that, made him so great in fantasy isn't quite as essential anymore for this, this kind of remade Spurs team. Cause you've got yeah. Parasic on the left. Now you have Richarlison who can sort of play or sub in person if someone's not in form. Whereas Kane is just um, essential, right? He's just always going mm-hmm. to, he, he is the center of that attack. And, and it, we kind of forget, I think that Kane is, you know, he's like, a maybe a, I don't want to say he's past his prime, but like, you know, three years ago he was, the an utter fantasy legend, right? He was like mm-hmm. the Earl and Holland of the like sure, late yeah. 2015s, right. you know, 20, you know, it was like he was in, you know, scoring 20 plus goals and just like a perma captain at times. And so, you know, if he if he can even get close to that again, then he's um I think the easy, the easier pick over over Sun. Spurs do scare me because I don't think I'm gonna have any Spurs players until I wildcard. So yeah, uh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of uh, scared there, not having anybody. What I mean, I think if, I think Jesus yeah. is the guy that you didn't mention in your striker lineup, who I would definitely not have on a wild card. You know, we talked about the Sadly. game week twelve blank. And, one away from uh, a, a one game suspension too. One yellow card away from a suspension. Yeah, the yellow card things there too, and his price has remained fixed through uh price rises and then drops so it's not like you're going to lose money by selling him so whether it's on wild card or a free transfer you're looking at jesus is an easy sell right now and i think that's my cane slot depending on how sala looks here in game week nine yeah I, the thing is you probably just have to keep Salah now right because of that game week I 12 know. it's like, yeah, yeah it's true so so it's, I feel like you'd be more likely looking at, um, I mean, you don't have Mitro yet, do you? I mean, I do have both. Mitrovic. Yes, I do. Oh, you do. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah. So to get Jesus to Kane, um, I have to get rid of Cancelo, which, you know, game week 12 blank. Okay. Yep. There is yep. uh there's money there. So I think ultimately that's what I'm going to try and drive my transfer policy toward game week 12. Um, slowly shedding Jesus and Cancelo to get Kane up top and some yeah. other defender that doesn't blank in 12. Just, I'm just looking at some of the squads that have um, like, you know, as, as I, like the old, the old fixture difficulty ratings, Brandon, you know, sorting mm-hmm. those looking at the blue and the, the blue and the red. Um, is that like some, is that Stendhal? The, the red, the red and the, the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the but you know I mean I think that Brentford are are a team that you could still absolutely look at as a as a Jesus alternative. Um, I think that you know I mean I, I'm not sure you need to do it instantly. Like I would I would keep him for the the North London derby. But um, I mean Brentford play Bournemouth, Newcastle, Brighton in the next three. You know it's it's mm-hmm. a it's a very solid run for them. Um, and I, I think you know you could certainly go um, if you had an Isak situation to solve. Isak to Tony I think makes a lot of sense for game week nine. I think that that Brentford Bournemouth match could be uh, pretty high scoring. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think that uh, Fulham, you know, I, just to go back to the original question about a wild card, I think that Fulham have a great run of fixtures and I'm 
actually planning to start two Fulham players in game week nine uh, when they play uh, Newcastle at home. But really? you know, Newcastle, <laughs> well, Pereira okay. and Mitro. I mean, it's not like I'm like yeah. buying players, but I mean, yeah. I think I think Pereira could do something in that match, and you know, so I'm. Well, I guess I, like I'm, I'm not. Sh- yeah. I'm not shocked um, at your confidence at Fulham. I'm shocked at how dismissive you are of Newcastle. Uh, oh. I mean, like, I mean, I like Trippier as a as a, a FPL asset, but I mean, until they sack Eddie Howe, like, I mean, was five <laughs> draws in a row, like they're not okay. <laughs> doing anything. I mean, you know, and they're, and if they're not going to have Bruno Gamarish, and you know, they, they like once they bring in like a quality, like they're going to bring yeah. in some dude soon, right? Who's like actually won something. And no offense, to Eddie Howe, but like you know, it's just <laughs> like they're going to bring in someone yeah. better. You know, let's just be honest. And then once they do, it's they're going to be really dangerous. But you know, until then, um, you know, I, I think that you can, I, at the very least, think you can target their defense. I'm not like super enamored with that sure. with that defense. Uh, the Br- the Bruno injury, I think, is a compelling. Uh, thing to mention there because that's like that was their transformative signing I think just in terms of the spine of the team last season and he's integral to them yeah it's uh, yeah, kind of kind of being that tight shop that when Eddie Howe is at his best I'll defend Eddie Howe a little bit he's doing a fine job um, but yeah I think Bruno is the key there just thinking about what else I would do on a, on a wild card um, I think that who would be your keeper Oh, that that's actually a really tricky question um, because I I brought in um, the oh my god see this this is how like not I, I brought in David Raya and I mm-hmm. I now like it instantly like re- regretting doing that and <laughs> I I don't know I mean I think I, you know the the one I would actually probably consider would be Emmy Martinez um, and just because he's down to four point nine million. And, um, you know, he's, he's really, really excited about the world cup in Argentina. And, uh, I think <laughs> Just that thrusting he, his pelvis here, there and everywhere. Yeah. If I did that, I would make sure to have Olsen as well, because I think there's at least a chance that we get, you get a little bit of Emmy Martinez rest, but I don't know. Villa have a really nice run of, of fixtures. I, I, I could see some, some clean, their, their defense is actually full of some quality players as well now. And, you know, I think that, I, I don't know. I think, I think like, He's cheap enough now that you could you could toss him in, and he's worth maybe paying paying the extra point four million over yeah. some of the four point five options. I think that Sanchez is just a, even though I don't think that Brighton are going to completely fall apart. I think that there's enough, you know, enough uncertainty there uh, with the man, managerial switch that I'd probably avoid um, having him or any other defenders at the moment. Um, although they do have a great t- game week twelve fixture, so if, you know if you're if you're really focused on that, that is something you could keep in mind. I would trust Brighton, even with the managerial switch, more than Aston Villa, who, yeah, I think yeah. Mar- Emmy Martinez, I, I don't hate that pick. I mean, he's gotten uh, uh, save points in, what, four out of uh, seven matches here. He's got a double-digit return against Palace. That's fine, but hey, Brighton, even with a new manager, I think are far more stable than uh, Stevie G's squad. Yeah, it's just it's just hard to find. I mean, I think Sanchez is fine, like a, a totally reasonable pick, but they, they don't have a great run of fixtures, you know. Yeah. And I think that's 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 you know. And again, you know, part of it is we're just not looking. Often, when you wild card the first half of the season, you're looking at 
the next 25 weeks, right? You may not wildcard again until game week 30, but right. in this case, you really only have to look eight weeks ahead, right? Because we're all going to get to reset um, when you have a limited transfers during the World Cup. So um, I think I think that, that that's ultimately why I went with Raya on my wildcard was I just liked his short-term fixtures a little more. But hmm. my heart wanted Emmy Martinez, Brandon, and I still kind of, I regret it. Also, he they outscored him by like five points uh, in game week mm-hmm. eight. So really, really mm-hmm. did miss out there. Um, all right, let's go on to the next question. And we talked about this um a little bit already. It's from Boston Prof. He says, what's your captain strategy over the next four weeks? Uh, and which premiums will you rotate to execute uh, on it? So captains the next four weeks, Brandon. Okay. Yeah, I suppose uh, we talked about Holland. We made our case for Holland in the Manchester Derby this weekend. I feel like it's a pretty straightforward decision. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's who do Spurs have this week? Spurs, uh, North London Derby. Yeah. I mean, but the ceiling just feels a little lower for Kane in that fixture, and he's away from home while uh, City do play at the Etihad, and Holland is is just yeah. kind of great. All right, so My then feeling, game week 10, yeah, you know, sorry, what, what, any any other case that you would make in game week 9? Definitely not. No, I no. 100%, okay. 100% Holland. Yeah, game week 9. Yeah, and then Holland hosts Southampton, which I can't I can't yeah. think about. Let's not Hassan even talk Lula about it. And that, not, not giggle a little bit, okay? Yeah. Right, I guess yeah, I can see easy. where this is leading. The, tr- the captain's strategy is Captain Holland every week. Game week 11, though, City away Liverpool. If Liverpool are still playing, uh, you know, the poorest defense that they have been, uh, yep. you know, why not Holland again? But you do have some, let's see, what are your other options there? Yeah, you, you know, Manchester United going against your yeah. your favorite whipping boys, Newcastle. Well, Spurs Spurs host Everton in game week 11. So you could make mm-hmm. a case for for Kane there. I think I would probably still captain Holland, honestly, uh, even, uh-huh. even, even playing Liverpool. I mean, I, I, he would just need to see the Liverpool defense play better over the next two weeks before I would consider that a difficult fixture. I mean, the, I mean my feeling about Man City is they just – really rarely have a difficult fixture, you know, outside of every time they play crystal palace for reasons that no one quite <laughs> understands, but yeah. even then you got a hat trick in the second half, you know, uh, Holland. So I, I think, um, I would still likely go with Holland, even though I, I'll, I plan to have Kane for game week 11. Uh, and I think for game week 12 is the one where I, I have KDB at the moment. My, my personal plan is to, you know, we're, we're man city and Arsenal that match is blanked. Um, because the, the Carabao cup is more important than the premier league, um, in the eyes of, of some Always. Brandon, but that's, the care about that, that's, cup. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I think in that case, my plan is to go from, um, from KDB to Salah. I'm going to hold KDB for the next three weeks. Um, mm-hmm. that's the plan at least right now. And then for game week 12, I move KDB to Salah and captain Salah. I think the, um, you know, uh, Spurs play man United away. So not a great alternative option there. Not terrible, but not, 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 uh, you know, I, I, not ideal. Um, I'm not sure there's any other great. I mean, you could consider I mean, you've got, like Mitro. You've gotta consider Mitrovic a little bit. I mean, I do think Mitrovic is very much a hipster pick for captaincy. He's a no-brainer in terms of getting him into your fantasy squad. I mean, the guy has yeah. uh, six goals already through having yeah. played seven matches. So that's that's great. But it's a there's there's risk baked into a captaincy. I think. All right, let's move on to. I think we. I think we just like nailed that, Brandon. You know, that's really easy. <laughs> easy uh, game. Let's move on. Yeah, um, and FPL and oh, we actually answered this earlier about the, if your team looks good in game week nine, um, is it worth it to hold the wild card? I think yes. Yeah. Um, 
Jamie asked, how big of an advantage do those wildcarding this week have, or have over those of us who wildcarded last week? Consider the injuries to Dean, Mitro, and Isak. Uh, what do you think about that question? I don't think there's a huge advantage. Uh, as we mentioned with Mitro, we're kind of expecting him, given what we know here on Sunday, September 25th, that he'll be back for game week nine. Yeah, And then... I mean, Dean, who, who are these crazy people who brought in Lucas Dean uh, on their wild <laughs> I considered it. I did consider it. I'm glad I didn't. Uh, but he did get a clean sheet yeah. last week. It's been a rough uh, year or two for Lucas Dean and fantasy managers. Um, and then Isaac, I think you ran through great options where, you know, there's no disadvantage to have brought Isaac in on a wild card because you already got points off of him. So that's great. Now you can take him and run. If he doesn't play in game week nine, there are lots of great options to swap him to. So you're not at a disadvantage. I, 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 and I still think the strategy that we kind of ran through hasn't changed too much since game week eight. Yeah. Also, what are you going to do about it? You know, so it's like just, you know, just mentally it's like, it, it, it's already done. That's all. That's where I am. It's like, I, I already wildcarded. Yeah. They have an advantage and possibly, I mean, any, but listen, anytime you've got a wild card and the other person doesn't, you've got a little bit of an advantage, right? It's like you, sure. you're sort of, you know, it's going into that particular week. Um, yeah, it was, it's right. what gives yeah. the U.S. It's kind of like our, our nuclear, it's like having a nuclear uh, armament or something like that. However you say that, uh, you know, yeah. I've got the warheads and you don't. I like that was a little George W. Bush. Uh, new, you, you wanted to say nuclear, didn't you? I, I know, I know. Yeah, yeah. I, I struggle. I struggle <laughs> with that one. Uh, final question here about the uh, post-international break fixtures. This comes from Jeff Y. He says, it's a good idea. By the way, I haven't heard from him in a long time. I remember Jeff Y. of Schmabren. He used to be a, a longtime question asker of the podcast. I know. I do remember. Yeah. Hey, Jeff. How you doing? Good to hear from you. I know. Yeah. It says, is it a good idea to minimize exposure to players from teams who have midweek European exploits and identify non-top six or seven, if you want to include West Ham, that have nice fixtures instead? So yeah. It's a good question, and you know, there's a lot of European matches coming up over the next few weeks. I and mean, we talked about all the Premier League matches, but uh, you know, it, basically, like for some of these top clubs, it's ev- ev- you know twice a week until November they're they're going to have yeah. you know games. Um, what do you think about that? Do you think it's worth targeting some some non top six clubs? Well, I think West Ham. This was we talked about Jared Bowen and West Ham a moment ago, and this was a huge concern for anyone who was thinking of bringing. Bowen in is the Europa League is just a strange little competition. West Ham ended up traveling and it's it's strange in that they play Thursday night. So there's just like this added layer of complexity going into the weekend where if you're in Champions League, you could be playing Tuesday and you've got plenty of time to rest and prepare for the weekend. You know, so relatively speaking. So uh, as I understand it. West Ham went to Denmark last Thursday for the Europa League and weren't able to leave Denmark until Friday evening. And uh, this, we, I feel like Thursday nights in Europe has been a curse for many, many yes. years. Long so as I would play, yeah, yeah. wouldn't I? Just, just would always shy away from uh, picks like mid-range picks uh, who play in the Europa League, Champions League. I'm not bothered by that. Like you can't. Yeah. You said earlier, Josh, you're managing from a place of fear can often like not put you in a good spot. And to think like particularly with teams like City, like, well, if De Bruyne is going to start midweek is what's he going to do in the weekend? And 
I think at some point you just have to write that off and say, well, I'm going to have the good players. The good players are good. And if they don't play, they'll make it up for me next week. I think I'm with you, Brandon. You know, you can spend too much time worrying about this stuff and whether, you know, someone's going to miss a man. This happens over, over, over every, like, you know, festive fixtures. This is stress about whether so-and-so is going to play or get rested or, you know, players on four yellow cards. Is he going to get, you know, um, are they going to keep him on the bench to keep him safe or whatever? I think the only thing, the only twist I would add, and maybe this is just something that, even whether or not you're worried about this or not, it's just something to think about is if you're on a wild card right now, I would try to have at least a couple of players that had decent fixtures in game week 12. That way you're probably going to have three players on your bench uh, in game week 12, because you're not going to want to drop all of your arsenal and man city players. So that just might be a nice way for you to pick up a few extra points in some of your rivals. So you have some players with decent fixtures in game week 12, because it has you just a little, a little more set up. Right. Yeah. All right. So I think we're, I think we're pretty well set for like every way you could look at game week nine, but there's more Josh. It's like we've, we've got a little lightning round set up here. A little bit of bonus content for you, Brandon. Uh, This is a lightning round. We have some player questions. Okay. As everyone knows, lightning round a 30 second answer or less. I'll kick things off, Brandon. How about we'll we'll, mm. we'll go back and forth. There's four questions, so you ask Super. one, and I'll ask one, and we'll go back and forth. Dan Barnes sure. says, how viable do you think Solanke is as an ESAC replacement for the next few versus, say, Tony? says, uh, Solanke enables eventual uh, an eventual pivot to Salah and Trent for their good run, but Tony seems like the better choice in terms of points potential. Yeah. Uh, I personally lean toward Tony and would just kind of go for the better player. And then when it comes to that eventual Sala move, you just, you'll just find another way. Like there's always, uh, there's always another way. Isn't there Josh? Yeah. Or just bring in Solanke later, you know, like, like don't do it right <laughs> off the bat and just, you yeah. know, don't, don't keep that money in your bank. Just, you know, if it's an eventual pivot to Sala, then just, have the better player for the next couple of weeks and then, and then yeah and then move tony to solanke yeah i get that yeah. i get that all right yeah. that's that's a good answer all right next question comes from fpl composer how important is owning james madison josh on a scale of one to ten what are you thinking zero i i'm just totally i i get that the fixtures are good i am i am i'm just gonna die in this hill brad which is that you don't yeah. need james madison that team stinks that the energy around it is terrible and i i say this as somebody who i've said this many many times the king power is the best stadium experience i've had in the uk okay i loved going there absolutely loved it, it wasn't necessarily the most intense but it was the most fun like it was just yeah. a very fun place to be um I and i really i really came away just in love with with lester they're it just seemed like a great place, but the, the negativity around that club, as all Leicester supporters will say, is is it's it's not great right now. They have some. I I, I was talking about this um, with um, FPL in Uganda and some other people this this weekend, and they had some financial fair play issues um, that were apparently um, was part of the mm-hmm. part of the situation right now with Rogers and with some of their their summer signings. So, uh, you know, it feels they like just this, couldn't spend this any money. Yeah, and so it feels like this this year is like a write off for them, right? It's right. like stay stay in the Premier League, reset, start again next year. But I just yeah. don't really want fantasy players in that kind of situation. I don't think that's it. Just yeah. it, at the very least, it it means things are going to be inconsistent. You know, I don't see them yeah. like just like crushing teams. You know, two or three matches in a row. I do think the word here from composer, how important is it? I don't think it's important to have Madison, but I think it. 
I'm I'm more bullish as discussed, Josh. I would put him like around a five where it's, uh, you know, there's a razor's edge with Madison. It could help you, but I don't think it's going to hurt you to not have him. Yeah, I, I yeah, that, that that's yeah. I mean, I think that he could go off. He's had some like double digit. He had like a great was it last year? He had some great run of like multiple d- double digit returns. And then, of course, by the time we all got him, maybe he's like he's like a bogey player for me, Brandon, you know, which is that, like yeah. I I never quite believe in him until it's like you and Reese James. It's like, I, you know, yes, right. it's like a bunch of nice matches and then you finally buy in and that's when that's mm-hmm. when everything changes, you know. And so that's 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 how Madison has always been for me. Um, all right. So next question for FPL Zahi says chances of Fafana starting in the Graham Potter's Chelsea squad. Well, I mean, Potter, well, he typically plays a back four at Brighton. So um Did- he played a three, didn't he? I feel like he did a three. Uh, you got burn, him. burn Webster and dunk in a, in a three. You might be right. Well, um, yeah. And then, um, you'd have the, uh, the Dutchman whose name I'm just forgetting right now for some Veltman. reason. Um, yeah. Veltman would often play, um, in a, mm-hmm. in a back three as well. So, um, yeah, you know, yeah. I'll be honest here, Josh. I have no idea. Um, (laughs) I, I am. Okay. This is like a Lester hate fest on this episode. Um, I've yeah. not rated uh, Fofana that that highly. Um, I think he's I think he's overrated. They paid too much for him. Uh, odd signing for Chelsea in my estimation. I mean, I get that Chelsea has got aging center backs and they need to bring in some fresh blood, and uh, it'll be a great place for Fofana to be, and he'll be you know tutored by uh, mm-hmm. some great center backs and Koulibaly and Silva, and so you know, maybe he will improve. I don't they know. If I'm so, Graham they Potter. Spent, I'm a little skeptical. Yeah. They spent so much money on him. You know, I feel, like, I feel like that alone means he's gonna he's gonna get some some starts. You know. So, uh, yeah, we talked about this with uh, you know Richarlison. Like, well, you were suggesting, well, you don't pay eighty million or whatever they paid for Richarlison and put him on the bench. Well, that guess what they've been doing? They put him on the bench, and he's been starting um, more recently, though. It's all but, it's yeah. all funny money yeah. to these clubs. The money doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just kind of well, like I, the new range. I'm kind of with you, which is that it's just, a, I mean, it's a boring answer. Cause I guess I, you know, maybe I shouldn't put it on the running order, Brandon, if neither of us know how to answer this question, but, uh, <laughs> but he's, he's a hard one to evaluate, right? Because he looked really good two years ago, remember? And it was like, he was great, cheap. Um, and remember that there's all the Ramadan stuff. Remember where it was like, how oh, is he going to, is he going to play, um, you know, late enough to, you know, but anyway, um, and then last year, um, you know, but anyway, the, 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 we all came with a very favorable impression of him, um, two years ago. And then last year, everyone was very excited to have him in their fantasy teams and he got injured right before the season started and missed up mm-hmm. his entire year. And now he's played for a. You know, I, I don't think he, I basically did even get a start for, for Lester. I mean, there was basically like once, once he was negotiating that move to Chelsea, they stopped playing him. And so it's, you know, it's just really hard to have a sense of what he, yeah, he, we're going to get from him. He did play 90 the first two matches for Leicester. And okay. now he's, okay. uh, you know, then he missed three matches while during the transfer saga, as you suggest, and right. then played 90 for Chelsea against West Ham. Like match in which yeah. they let in just one goal and they won. So, you know, off yeah. to a decent enough start. I, I guess like the the positive case I could mount for Fofana is he's still priced at 4.4. I don't see uh, Chelsea, even though they're top four contenders, as a team where I'm going to be dying to have be tripled up. So just yeah. grabbing Fofana at that price tag and dropping him on your bench, you just kind of... And you don't have to really worry about playing him 
I suppose, unless it's a really enticing match. So it's, uh, you know, I think he's a good pickup for fantasy, especially if you're on wild card. Uh, but I wouldn't waste too much time thinking about how often you should play him. I don't think he's going to offer much attacking threat. No, I, I don't think so either. I mean, I think if you can get into a Chelsea team for that cheap, I, I, I do, I, I can see the appeal, but, um, you know what? Let's just uh, this. We, we've spent more than thirty seconds in this brand, and the answer is um, yeah. it's the well. Honestly, maybe the answer is that because we don't know, it's not worth wasting a precious spot in your fantasy sure. team at the moment, and that you just maybe should wait until. Let's see. I mean, you know, again, we all have this the, these unlimited free transfers in six weeks' time or whatever. You know, whatever mm-hmm. it is, mid November. We'll know much. We'll have a much better sense then of where he fits, right? And maybe maybe he'll have some nascent goal threat, Brandon, that he suddenly you know develops. You never know. You never know. This is more. That was less of a lightning round question, more of a hot button topic, Josh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was one last question. Okay. Last question. Why don't you take this one? You hit me. Okay. Yeah. I guess I'm. I'm up. All right. (laughs) This one comes from (laughs) Emil Seedlick, who asks. Josh, what do you do with Kane? Is it worth keeping him for the next few weeks or sell and change your structure to rebuy Sala? So I just spent a long time talking about how Kane was top of my wish list. And now Emil is talking about uh, it being time to get rid of Kane to bring in Sala, who's done nothing. It's weird. The Sala thing, it's like we, I, I guess we all know it, it's like Trent. We all know eventually it's going to, he's going to come good, but we're all spending a lot of time and energy right now worrying about Mo Sala, <laughs> right? And it doesn't totally seem necessary given that both you and I are both in the camp that I'm just going to captain Holland basically every week. And if, and if the, yeah. and if the worry is Sala in game week 12, Sure. I, I guess, I guess that makes sense. But even then you could just, I mean, you could just captain Kane in game week 12. There's just like, I, you know, I, don't, I don't see like, I'm certainly not going to wreck my team to, to figure out how to bring mm-hmm. in Mo Salah. I mean, why, I don't know why I would, I mean, Liverpool are just not, you know, on the boil right now. Let's see where they are, you know, in a, in a couple yeah. weeks, maybe I'll change my mind. Sometimes the key to these blank weeks. Uh, so in game week eight, I chose not to, wild card and thought I could try to skate by with just 10 starting players. And I did, I was, you know, well above the average, I got a green arrow and largely thanks to just like a lucky return from Saliba. So what you need in these weeks, you know, you can choose to focus heavily on, do I, do I need Sala for this blank game week 12? That's the only way I can survive that game week. Um, so that you just kind of flip a coin. Is it going to be a week where Sala is the key? an easy yeah. to predict one or is it just going to be one of those weeks where randomly you get a great return from a random other guy and saves your game week um so um i was i was blessed yeah. in game week eight josh where i didn't have to blow up my team and yeah. some random person saved me <laughs> i know yeah i well you know i mean that just means you're you're having a good season i mean right just yeah like that's that you know, that's exactly right that's the fortune you know, smiling luck, on you, you know luck fortune good planning etc etc take it so, and run you know uh-huh. like because you, you remember yeah. you remember every bad moment right it's like yeah. you know it's like all the all the times when when luck was not in your side like at least for me they always stick with me it's like the, the moments yeah. when luck is on my side i I'm just like, well, that that's not sustainable, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, well, yeah, I guess what I'm then <laughs> suggesting is Sala, looking at game week 12, Sala seems at this point maybe a much likelier outcome than some random 12-point return from a 4.5 defender. So that seems like the most sensible move. 
Um, mm. But I, I'm, but I'm kind of like trying to agree with you here in a long winded way of think about it before you just go and blow up your team thinking about one yeah. game week. Yeah, it is a weird game week 12. We'll, we'll certainly be talking more about later, but it's, it's a weird one where kind of looking out, it doesn't seem like anyone has a good fixture. You know, it's a really strange, yeah. like, I don't know, but anyway, all right, well, let's, 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 we'll shelve that for now. Not irrelevant for not as relevant for game week nine. Uh, Brandon, that's the pod. Got through it in all record right. time. Nice, short, clean pod this week. Thanks everyone for listening to this podcast. Thank you. Again, to everyone who supports the podcast, if you want to get into that World Cup kit competition, I don't know why I got so weird about money, Brandon, there. Uh, well, we'll that's just your, that that's not. you, Josh. It's just yeah. my personality. That's true. Uh-huh. Uh, but uh, yeah, any any kit, any kit you want in the World Soccer Shop, uh, we'll give to the, the top scorer in our Patreon League in the month of October. Um, and so again, if you've had a rough start of the season, that's fine because we're only counting October points. So it's a good chance for everyone to reset. If you're looking for a new competition or something fun to to, to motivate you. Um, but if you want to support the podcast, you can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Brandon, can you thank our producer patrons, please? Would love to. Thanks to producers, Mike DiPietro, Trevor Ingerson, our buddy, Chris Howell, the big gaffer, Bobas Kuhn, James Holland, Dave Wagner, Lodal, Nick Wright, Lazarus, Yanos, Jesse Halstead, Bruce Kerr, Brian Chin, Rich Evans, Blair Jacobson, Todd Byerly, Mikey Uwong, Shiv Majoria, Andy Portlock, Dan Parsons, and thanks for the emails, Andy. Appreciate that. Dan Parsons at FPL Merch, Carrie Swanson, Jefferson Turner, Francis Moore, Sam Shower, Caleb Robbie, Lee Hickman, Bulger Paulson Kruger, Alex Holcomb, James Keatley, The Saint, Bob Fox, Craig Jackson, James Conroy, Shalin F. Kadakia, Terrence O'Donnell, Paul Hertzig, Heath Cram, Roberto Morals, and Thomas Tislov. Rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Somebody left us a five star review on Apple Podcasts, Josh. Uh, whoever you are, it's like that Gegita song, right? Uh, all I want to do is to thank you, whoever you are. Uh, it really does help the pod if you have a minute, rate us five stars, leave a review saying how uh, cool uh, and, and nice we are, or just follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, where we're most active on social. For all this information and more, go to our website, alwayscheating.com. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.